Good morning, Redemption Church. Pastor Vince here. Delighted to be with you guys in our first ever digital service uh, for all of you live streaming. It's awesome to do this. What a gift is technology that even though we cannot be in the same room, we can still get into the Word together. We can sing together. We will respond together. A lot of the same things we do on Sundays, we're going to do just kind of in this digital format this morning. So uh, it's been a, an eye-opener for us as we've uh, stepped into this process. We, we just did not have a lot of things built out for something like this. So we do appreciate your patience, uh, your love, your support, and prayers in the midst of us getting and navigating all this. You guys have been incredible. The work already that many of you are doing across our city is, is being seen. It's incredible. I think it glorifies God and it is doing much to love our neighbor. So really thankful for you. Um, I want to highlight a couple things here on the front end before we jump into the word. Uh, we posted on the front page of our website uh, something we've called the Spontaneous Sabbath Toolkit. Uh, the spontaneous Sabbath is a, is a term coined by our friends at Redemption Tempe as this idea of like, hey, we've, we didn't plan on this. We didn't know this season was coming, but God did. And he's called us, I think, intentionally to be, uh, to slow down and to rest and to press deeply into what does it mean for us to be the church with one another and here in our city. And this is a great gift and opportunity for us in the midst of that to do that well. So what we did is, is we put this toolkit out there. It's on the front page of our website. We're sending it out uh, in all different types of social media and email and stuff like that. Um, click on that link and it's just gonna give you a ton of resources, links, stuff like that where we'd love for you guys to continue to kind of press in and disciple one another. Be, be intentional with this time. Like, let's not, get, uh, let's not get to the end of this whenever that may be and, uh, and have missed an opportunity to really disciple our kids well and, and love our spouses better and care for our roommates and bless our neighbors and, and all that stuff. These resources will, will help us all do that. So Kaylee's gonna talk about more specifics on what that looks like in just a moment uh, when we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, but just want to give you guys a snapshot of that that now. Uh, last Sunday, uh, in our last kind of corporate service together, which was a ton of fun, I'm glad we had that, uh, I was able to share um, that, that we had, I had run out of wipes. I had said that to you guys. And by the end of service, there was like 10 of you that came up and brought me wipes. And so I just want to say to you, we're a little short on money right now. And so uh, just we'll see what happens at about 11 at my house. So feel free to swing by if you know where that's at. But um, here's what we're doing for the next, uh, be the next eight weeks. We've got six weeks where we're going to preach through the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter 6. We'll have Easter sandwiched in there. And then at the end, we'll end with a Mother's Day uh, sermon, kind of spectacular. That'll be a lot of fun for us to either be together in person or, or do this thing digitally. We're not really sure at this point. So that's just something to look forward to. Today, though, we start off... Uh, week one with this study in the Lord's Prayer. We thought this was a, an apt thing to speak through during this season. So uh, if you have your Bibles, wherever you're at, hopefully you're in groups or if you're by yourself, whichever, um, just open up your Bibles here to Matthew chapter six. And I'm going to start here in verse five. And, and just like we do on Sundays, we're going to work through the text and see what the Lord has for us. So let me read from Matthew six, verse five and, and read along with me. It says, when you pray, uh, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need 
before you ask him. That at the heart of this, this, this intro to prayer, Jesus being asked and preaching on prayer here in this, this great sermon, one of the greatest sermons probably ever preached, right? He opens up by prayer saying, like, listen, prayer, like, we don't judge it by the external. We judge it by the internal. That at the end of the day, where we, where we look to our prayer life and say the hope and the faith is not based in our strength, in the way we say our words, where we say them, but rather um, our hope and faith in the God who answers that everything about prayer is centered on the faith and hope and the one that hears what we say and has the power to answer it, okay? Um, we're going to pause for just a moment. I'm going to shift over. There's a, a quick, it's about four and a half minute video. It's also in the toolkit, but we wanted to show it to you kind of by way of intro to uh, this this first service here. Um, it's from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and it's a uh, it's about this passage, and I hope your kids even understand a bit about what we're talking about today and what we'll be going through over the next couple months. So uh, enjoy that, and then I'll be back with you in just a moment. Zonda Kids presents the Jesus Storybook Bible. Every story whispers his name. Written by Sally Lloyd-Jones and read by David Suchet. How to pray. In those days, there were some extra super holy people. At least that's what they thought. And they were called Pharisees. Every day, they would stand out there in the middle of the street and pray out loud in big, extra super holy voices. They really weren't praying so much as just showing off. They used a lot of special words that were so clever, no one understood what they meant. People walking by would stop and stare, which might sound rude, except that's exactly what the extra super holy people wanted. They wanted everyone to say, Oh, look at them, they're so holy. God must love those people best. Now, you and I both know they were wrong. God doesn't just love holy people. But the people walking by weren't so sure. Perhaps you did have to be really clever or good or important for God to love you. Perhaps you had to know lots of difficult, clever words to speak to God. So one day, Jesus taught people how to pray. He said, when you pray, don't pray like those extra super holy people. They think if they say lots of words, God will hear them. But it's not because you're so clever or good or so important that God will listen to you. God listens to you because he loves you. Did you know that God is always listening to you? Did you know that God can hear the quietest whisper deep inside your heart, even before you've started to say it? Because God knows exactly what you need even before you ask him, Jesus told them. You see, God just can't wait to give you all that you need. So you don't need to use long words or special words. You don't have to use a special voice. You just have to talk. So when you pray, pray in your normal voice. Just like when you're talking to someone you love very much. Like this. Hello, Daddy. We want to know you. 
and be close to you. Please show us how. Make everything in the world right again, and in our hearts too. Do what is best, just like you do in heaven. And please, do it down here too. Please give us everything we need today, and forgive us for doing wrong, for hurting you. Forgive us just as we forgive other people when they hurt us. Rescue us. We need you. We don't want to keep running away and hiding from you. Keep us safe from our enemies. You're strong, God. You can do whatever you want. You are in charge. Now and forever and for always. We think you're great. Amen. Yes, we do. You see, Jesus was showing people that God would always love them with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So they didn't need to hide anymore or be afraid or ashamed. They could stop running away from God. They could run to him instead, as a little child runs into her daddy's arms. How about that sweet British accent from our dear friend at the Jesus Storybook Bible? I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope that helped kind of uh, give a good background of what we'll be talking about throughout the series and, and really what's going on. What's at stake here, right? Like this opportunity we have to, to talk and converse with God and what that looks like. So um, let me continue on. Let me read the prayer uh, starting in verse 9. It says this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, this is crazy famous prayer. Like many of you have prayed this, you've heard that. Uh, if you haven't, don't feel weird about that. There was a moment, I remember, I was, I think it's seven years old, the first time I heard this. Uh, many of you know I grew up, uh, in Louisiana in the South, everyone was doing church. My family didn't, right? Like I was the pagan friend that like parents were nervous, like don't, don't go around that kid and stuff like that. But, um, but I remember the first time I heard this prayer, I was, uh, I was on baseball. It was a baseball team. My second year of baseball, we were playing for the Rockies and coach Lou Voss. I still remember, great coach, good guy. And uh, I remember our very first game, he huddles the team together and, and in unison, like I was the only one that like, didn't get right, the email about this. Um, in unison, everyone takes off their ball cap. I'm still wearing mine. I look over, okay, I take mine off. Um, and then Lou just kind of huddles us together and says, our father. And as soon as he said it, the whole team, like 15 kids, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, when you're like trying to like, trying to fit in, like when everyone knows a song, but you really don't know the words, so you're just kind of like, kind of murmuring along, like that was me, but to the Lord's Prayer. Um, and so I remember going home to my father, who, who was raised Catholic, and I said, hey, the kids and, and, and Coach Voss, they, they did this weird thing, and it started off with our father, and then a bunch of words, and he just starts laughing, right? Like he knew what it was, and so um, we dug through <laughs> We dug through stacks of books and found a Bible um, and eventually found the passage. And I spent the next kind of week just memorizing this thing so I could fit in. But um, th this, this is such a gift, right, this prayer. Like, th think about what's going on here. Like, Jesus is teaching uh, his disciples, his followers, people that want to, like, follow him to whatever he's doing. And he's saying, hey, you want to pray? This is how you pray. 
like all the mystery and questions that often revolve in this, this world of prayer. And what does that look like? And can we hear from God? And at the end of the day, we have Jesus, our Lord and Savior, saying like, yeah, you can pray. And, and this is what it looks like to pray. Um, and so we're going to look at three kind of different parts, uh, mostly focused on the Our Father reality here. But I want to say something about the in heaven piece just real fast before we kind of turn our attention to the Our Father part. Um, the in heaven, Our Father, right, who, who's in heaven, the in heaven piece, it, it's not like a, a location issue, right? This isn't a geography B, right, which, which I got second place in in third grade, still proud of that to this day. Powell Kinney, if you're out there one day... I'm going to beat you, bro. That being said, um, it, it's not a question of, of where is God. It's a question rather, not of location, but of power, right? Like when, when Jesus is saying, hey, pray our Father in heaven, he's saying, remember who you're praying to. Yes, he's our Father, and we want to spend time talking about that, and we will. But remember, he is also the Father that reigns and rules over the whole world, that he is the king, that he is the leader, that he is the author, that he is all the things we would long for a, for a benevolent good king to be. He is that, and he's absolutely powerful. And so he reigns from that place, overseeing all. So this is, this is Jesus moving us to, when you pray, remember who you're praying to. That, that these words, when they fall upon the ears of God, that they fall upon the creator of the world, who spoke the world into existence, who knows and orchestrates and sovereignly appoints all things. Like that's, that's who we talk to. Is there a better person to talk to? I, I don't think so. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. Um, but now three points, and, and, um, and we'll be, be kind of quick. Sunday mornings will be a little bit, a little bit quicker than, than normal, which for some of you is great, but um, you know, it's, it's maybe to get a little stir-crazy sitting at home, and you, you can smell the bacon cooking right now, so you're like, hey, I, when will this be over type of thing? I get that. Uh, but just three points then, really zooming in on this Our Father moment. The first one is, if you notice in the text, Jesus, um, he's not telling us to pray. He's telling us how to pray. And here's, here's the difference there. Um, prayer is presumed, right? Like, it's not, Jesus doesn't go out of his way and say, hey, you have to pray and, and make sure you're talking to God often. This is, this is assumed that this would be happening. But, but the people of God, like, we're a praying people, that, that we, we can talk to God, that God listens. And, and as crazy wacko as that sounds, God speaks and communicates with his people. So when you pray, not, not please pray, it's when you pray. The prayer is, hey, you're going to do this, so this is what it looks like. Church, we need to take that seriously. Um, and, and I say this off, maybe it's just me. But we need to begin to cultivate significant lives of communication with God. We, we have to press deeply into it. And hear me, I, I cannot I just even imagine like a better time for that than right now. Like we're at home for hours on end. And, and I know for some of your families that means, well, how do you just like kind of, you know, trap kids in a corner so you have a moment of rest. I understand that. But what does it mean to bring them into prayer? Um, there, there's a great, and, and, and Kaylee will kind of run through the toolkit with you in a bit, but there's a 21-day a prayer guide for your children. I started it with the boys a couple days ago. It's phenomenal. Like, you just sit down and, and take the boys and take your kids through these amazing things and move them towards lives of talking to God. So again, that's the first point. Like, prayer is assumed. Church, 
let us take this season and see it as a gift from God to be able to talk to him frequently and often. Not, not just in not the public ways, but just in our own homes, uh, in our beds as we wake up in the morning, in our, in our prayer closets, right? If you, if you get in that spiritual type of, type of thing. So um, let, us, let us take that, that, that real honesty. It's just right there in the text. Three times when you pray and then pray like this. It's a daily rhythm for the people of God. The second point is this. Um, notice that Jesus, by telling us to pray like this, he invites us to pray like he does to his father. Now, now this can easily become something that we just kind of brush over. But what Jesus is calling his people to is to pray to God the way he does, that he's inviting us into the family. That, that it's not just, we don't just pray to God like this, this distant creator God who, who kind of set things in motion and now is, is somewhat hands-off and isn't dealing with his people who, who kind of operates in this very top-down, like I, you do what I say, it's, that he is a father, right? That it immediately moves this people that have been following Jesus and are walking through the desert with Jesus, trying to figure out what he's going to say. He says, hey, you, you know God, like you know Yahweh, like the God of, of Israel, the one that is Lord and creator and ruler of all things? He's also dad. Like, like He's also a father to his people. We shouldn't be able to pray like that, but, but Jesus through the cross invites us into that. In the Old Testament, in fact, this term, Father, you only find 15 times. Jesus uses it to address his Father in heaven, whom he invites us to pray to 165 times. Because he's always praying to his Father in heaven. And we now, too, are invited into that beautiful rally to see God not just as the creator, all-powerful God that he is, but also as Father. Now, I understand for... For some of us, um, that that can be harder than others, right? So some of us, um, when we hear "father," it elicits honestly great emotion, right? Like, like positive and negative. Like so for for me, uh, like my my father and I have a fantastic relationship. Like I love my dad. We talk like three times a week. Like we're just always talking about random stuff. Something he saw on the internet. Uh, he can't find the remote and thinks I'll be able to find it. 17 states away, uh, whatever it may be, like that's just, that's how we have it. But, but I have plenty of friends, there's people I know that are watching this, right? That you hear father and, and you, you kind of think, no thanks. Like, like God is father, that, that actually doesn't sound all that appealing because my experience with that reality hasn't been, um, it hasn't been that great. Um, I, I want you to know that you're, I see you in that, like we see you in that, God, sees you in that and he and he knows um and what he's trying the picture that's trying to be communicated here is is not you like the father from your experience but the father as you should have experienced like like the father in the way that it should have been in all the ways that a father is meant to care and to love and to cherish and support and provide and to get on the ground and play with and be in the midst of like that's that's the type of father that, that he is. And so when, when Jesus is doing it, he's like, this is, this is who the father is. Right? Like that, that's what he's communicating to us. Um, just last night, this is real fresh uh, for, for Verity and I and our family, but, but just yesterday, for the first time in, in like five years, my son consumed a peanut, okay? And uh, for those of you who don't know, which I don't know why you would, but, but Finley is, 
is pretty allergic to peanuts. So we've known that for a while. Eight, when he was eight months old, he broke out, all that kind of stuff. So we hadn't really known like what the reaction would be. Long story short, uh, he had the peanut. Uh, we, we did everything on our end, epinephrine, that type of stuff. Um, the, uh, the paramedics rushed over. We had an ambulance there, um, of which I just, if for whatever reason, the two people that are at our house, um, if you are watching this or, or <laughs> like y'all were amazing and were so great with the kid. Um, we got a free bear out of it uh, that's already been named Al, which is awesome. And so probably not actually ultimately not going to be that free of a bear, but you get it. And um, anyway, so so in this moment, uh, Finley is is hurting and fearful and there's bad symptoms, all that kind of stuff. We had to bring him up to the ER and, and the whole deal. The reason why I bring that up is in the midst of it, um, I began to navigate this this fatherhood thing in, in like really ways when you get pressed on, when, the, when, when things are like just heavy, right? Like you just begin to think through all these existential things. And I began to think of like, what kind of father am I to him? And, and even in this moment, like how am I fathering him well? And I tell you how I, how I fathered him is, is I, I got down on his level um, and, and I looked him in the face and I tried to reassure him that it's, that's okay to be scared. That's, that's okay to be anxious and nervous. Um, that fear is a real thing, that pain's a real thing, like he, that, right, the EpiPen is not a comfortable thing to have shoved into your thigh, right? Like it's, it, I reassured him in that, but I also reassured him that like daddy was there, right? And, and mommy was there and, and brother was there and, and ultimately that Jesus was there. Like in, in that moment, that in the room with us was, was the presence of God. That he didn't just have like me, his father, he, he had his heavenly father, that God in the midst of this was there. And, and, and in that moment of processing through that, because um, if you know me, I'm, I tend to be on the whole a pretty calm person. Like there's not a lot of things that tend to ruffle my feathers too much, um, except for when something happens to my kids. Like if my kids are sick, it could be like, ask for it, it could be nothing. And I am freaking out because I just long for the best for them, right? And God loves me and you and his people far more than I love my children. Like, it's, it's not even close. It's incomparable. And the same goes for you and your families and friends as well. That our Father in heaven. So in this moment, all of this is being processed. And there was this significant moment of peace. When all of a sudden, like, I was able to allow my mind to be ministered to by the presence and the reality that he who I'm praying to in the moment for the safety of my kid as we hurry up to the ER is the God of the universe who is all-powerful and loves me like a father loves his son. And the reassurance that it brought up. And then hear me, the desire, the perpetual desire to say, I want to talk to you all the time because this was good to talk and to commune with my Father who is in heaven, who is all-powerful and all-good and all-loving. What a gift. Of course Jesus would assume we would pray. Why would we not? He's our Father, and he's in heaven, and he rules and reigns. Uh, the last point uh, I want to talk about today is um, notice again that, that this, this term, it's our Father. It's not my Father. Jesus didn't say, hey, listen up to everyone listening, right? Pray like this, my Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. No, it's our Father, the collective we. Like, we pray.
to him as our father. There is a uniting peace and reality to pray. And I can't think of a more beautiful thing in the season that we find ourselves in, that all across literally our world right now, right now, 10 a.m. Sunday morning, there are millions, like millions of brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of the family of God that are talking to him, that are praying to him. And they're saying words like this, church, may we understand the communal beauty of God's people, that we are a family, that we exist for one another, that we're not meant to be individuals. We're meant to be a community of God brought into the family of God for his glory, our joy, and for the sake of loving our neighbor. But we do this together. So y'all, listen, this, this idea, no, this morning, I'm going to ask you that even as we wrap up today, that, you, that when we're all done, when this service is done, and, and maybe you guys are getting ready to sit down to brunch or whatever it is, or maybe lunch, would you, would you just pray this prayer together? And just simply, like, pray the Lord's Prayer together at the table. Hold hands if, if you want to get, like, real awesome. I think God blesses that more or something. But um, our Father, like, and you unite yourself with the people around the, and the, the people that are just down the street, right? And every other person at, here at Redemption Church, like, we know that we pray together to this God. What a beautiful reality. That we're not siloed, even in the midst of a world that is getting increasingly siloed. We're an individualistic culture as it is, and now we're being forced into our homes. Um, What a beautiful reality that the church, we're always communal. We're always communal. We're always together because we pray together to a God who unites us. So here's the beauty of this whole thing. Prayer is an invitation here by Christ, okay, for us to be able to enter into the beauty of communicating with the God who made us. And the reason why it's available to us is because 2,000 years ago, Jesus, God come down to earth. He lived a life you and I could not live, perfect. He died a death that you and I deserve to die because we rebelled, we sinned, he did not. He took upon him our punishment, our sins. And then three days later, he defeated sin and death. He laid down his life of his own accord and then he rose it back up of his own accord. He is mighty and powerful. He is our savior and our king. And through him now, access is unlimited. Although now we see, as Paul says, we see into a mirror dimly, like we're not fully united then. What a glorious day on the other side of this. We'll be united together forever with Christ in heaven. But right now on this side, Know that because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, because of his resurrection, we are not just invited into new life personally, but we're invited into a new kingdom, a new reality, a new humanity, a new society, and a new time where all of a sudden, guys, you can 